This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back after a week off. It was my son's birthday. Happy uh, birthday and, uh, we to just, uh, He turned two. Uh, we just really couldn't find the time to uh, record. So we figured, hey, it's the summer. Uh, you guys get this content for free, so you can you can just have, have a week off. We granted <laughs> you that, you know, my son's birthday and a holiday, so... I figure it's just a nice little gift. You know, you don't have to be stressed about anything that's going on in the Purdue basketball or football world uh, because we're going to make up for that today. And I had a lot to do last week, too. Yes, yes. Casey, always a busy man uh, over in the the Carolinas. every day last week. It was glorious. Yeah, and why were you able to do that? Uh, Because I switched jobs and my job told me to go home. They can't trust me anymore. Well... They really should have known that from the start, mm-hmm. but, but good for you. Competitive. Now I got the yeah. competitor all over me. Yeah. So um, we are going to take a look at the basketball transfer market uh, in the uh, latter half of the podcast. Today I'm going to start out with a more lighthearted question for you, Casey, but it is sports related this time. I know we've gone uh, movies the last couple episodes, but this one is all about sports. Are you ready? Yeah, I didn't really bring it with the Marvel stuff, so. Yeah, that's go. all right. That's all right. So. Every every day on Twitter, there's some weird sports discourse that just people feel the need to, like, jump in and weigh in, give just, like, ridiculous opinions. I mean, you feel that's correct? Yeah. Um, uh, it's the worst of all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Twitter, and honest, in all honesty, bit of a hell site. None of us should really be on there. Mm-mm. But yet here we are uh, talking about it because it's a good way for us to just kind of gin up topics. Well – the other day, someone posted on Twitter that if you're over the age of 30, you should no longer wear a jersey of any kind to a sporting event. And hmm. I wanted to know what your opinion on that was. I have my own opinion, um, and if you need time to think, I'm, I'm more than willing to go first. I don't particularly care about the age. Um, I think, first of all, you shouldn't wear a jersey unless you're going to a game. Uh, once you're out of, let's say, college – that's being generous. Oh, um, you mean like in you, you shouldn't just wear one like on a on a Tuesday correct. when you're just hanging out. Yeah, it should not be part of the wardrobe. It should be special occasion. I'm going to a game. Gotcha. Um, that's my purse. I don't think I own any more jerseys. I don't think I've owned one in a long time. I think the last one I had was probably a Drew Brees Pro Bowl jersey. Okay. Um, 
so yes, on the face value, I believe that you should not wear it anywhere else but a game. Are you are you pro jersey? Yeah, I'm pro. I mean, the 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 comment though was that he said if you're over thirty, you shouldn't wear it even to a game. Oh no, yeah, that's and no, I'm like, you should that's... be able to wear it to the game. This is the one place where it makes sense. It, Exactly. I, wait, okay. Like, not everyone can wear cordyceps, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. And it, I bet he has it, a well-groomed beard. I bet it's. I see. I was. I, I bet was it's trying to pepper. find the tweet. Uh, I think I was trying to find the tweet to see if I could pull up who the guy who said it actually he was. He probably just recently stopped spiking just the front of his hair. Yes. <laughs> like that's the guy who's saying. That. Like now he's now he's grown up. Um. To me, the thing is, like, like you said. It's one of the only times where wearing a jersey is, is acceptable to me. Um, but I have, I think, three jerseys up in my they? room. Uh, here, here's my rule with jersey. It's a general rule of thumb. I never get a jersey of a current player okay. because you, with the way teams trade players and players, you know, leave your favorite team. It, you don't want to have that jersey, in my opinion. Okay. So I always get players who have retired. Um, and I can always look back fondly on their time with my team. So oh, I have... so you bought a Brady jersey and had to return it this summer. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll just buy it again next year when he retires again. Um, no, so I have a Mike Allstott uh, throwback. I would have guessed this. Which, throwback which Buccaneers jersey. The throwback the orange. ugly orange? And it's by ugly orange, I mean gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. It is It is the gorgeous orange jersey. Okay. Um, and then I have a Chris Sabo Cincinnati Reds jersey, which which Weird. is just the white jersey with, like, the wishbone C. Uh, so that that's what I have. I also, um, when I worked in the athletic department at Purdue, one of the things they gave uh, us when we left was they are like, here's this table of stuff. Grab whatever you want. So um, I took a gold Etwan Moore uh, nice. jersey. Nice. So nice. I've got that up there as well, uh, but I believe those are the only ones I have. Yeah, I don't, I don't own a jersey. Um, it, the thing about jerseys are they make a lot of sense for sporting events because you're either, if you're outside, they are generally big enough to be worn over clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you need to be warmer. And we know, as if you're, a, <laughs> if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that Casey has a mm-hmm. problem being outside in the cold. Correct. And, um. Like if you're inside, I think basketball jerseys are aesthetically usually the best looking besides hockey stuff. Yeah. Hockey jerseys are very good. I'm not a huge hockey fan myself, but they are good looking jerseys. My problem with basketball jerseys is you always like, I mean, the majority of people really should wear a shirt underneath the the (laughs) basketball jersey. You know what I mean? You know who shouldn't? Any basketball player. Yeah. If you're going to, it's got to be like tight fitting Under Armour stuff. It cannot. Sasha, Sasha, (laughs) nothing on court disappointed me more than you breaking out the bag. Etwan Moore did it too, some. Yeah. Well, Um, Keaton Keaton Grant did it as well uh, from time to time. But it it is one of those things. You see a guy out there in a jersey with like a baggy t-shirt on under it. They give them clothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to me, there's nothing that makes a player look less intimidating than like he pulled out his like camp shirt and put it on under his jersey you're like and what is that guy doing yeah it's weird because no one's ever no one's ever played more i think Etwan moore would have been a first round draft pick if he didn't wear the loose shirts because <laughs> yeah, sure he played it. like like he dominated dropped 30 <laughs> pieces looked incredible but you wear that shirt and like oh that, i guess that's a smart player he's uh yeah 
he looks he's like solid. a guy you find at the you find at the rec league who's yeah. like in his forties. Right. You're like maybe he used to play. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think the idea that you can police what a an a sports fan wears to the game like that. What do you it's think? Just like, I don't understand what proper attire is. Though. Right, exactly. Like Am I supposed to wear khakis and like a, a button up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't it, know. Because they're all outrageous, like, for the most part, unless you're dressing. Like, all the good fans are crazy. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, no one is, you don't get to be like a memorable fan if you're just sitting there and clapping politely. Yeah, like, if you walk into an arena and, like, if you walked into, like, a college arena and just saw no one wearing a jersey, like, oh, this must be an Ohio State game. <laughs> Do Ohio State fans basketball? Not wear they're awful. It's the oh, worst basketball. arena. Okay. Just the worst. I've never been to. I've never been to their arena, but it does look very cold I, and like it's, uninviting. It's, awful. it's the arena is fine. The fans suck. They don't care. Well, yeah, yeah. So I yeah I don't understand. <laughs> there are no normal rules to attending a game. This is it's it's sport. It's it's a giant event. It's it's supposed to be crazy and unhinged and yeah, it's like no it's a way to blow off to steam. Yeah. Like you wear face paint and hair color and like what? Who is this a who is this guy a fan of? Yeah, I don't know. It just blew blew my mind. So uh, one final question on this topic: Where do you come down on jerseys? Just commit. Like just for get those, the jersey. For those that don't know, uh, a jersey is a shirt jersey. Uh, it's basically a T-shirt that's meant to look like a jersey, um, but I I hate them. I think they're stupid. I actually did like the long sleeve jerseys NBA had for a little while. Oh, it's, I get it, but I'm I'm always someone that liked that little sleeve up there. So I, I mean, I guess I'm sure they have their place. They're just not for me. Um, but there we go. Uh, wear whatever you want to a sporting event. Don't let some internet tough guy bully you out of wearing your 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 favorite jersey you know what else are you doing with it you spent good money on those things jerseys aren't cheap yeah they're way expensive yeah so you know wear it as much as you want uh wear it as a night shirt for all i care uh but when you're going to a game dress whatever however you feel comfortable and just you know enjoy your day purdue jerseys everywhere let's go exactly all right we'll be back right after some words from our sponsor Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. So, as promised, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer portal for uh, the men's basketball team. It's been a bit of a rough go. Uh, if you followed anything that's going on with recruiting, and I have yeah. a list. Oh, okay. wait, hold on, hold on. I got to get you a setup, first, okay? And then you can go down the list. So, uh, you know, with Isaiah Thompson and Eric Hunter Jr. both leaving the program, Purdue is obviously in need of a point guard. Uh, we have Braden Smith coming in as a true freshman point guard. Um, we could kind of lean on maybe Ethan Morton. Um, maybe another guard on the team could step up and play a little point. But Purdue needs a point guard for next season. And the hope was, and I guess still remains, that they would enter the transfer portal, find somebody uh, to come in and uh, ink ink on the dotted line with the Boilermakers. So, Casey... Is that lawyer speak? It was a very, very bum, bungled uh, <laughs> situation there. But, uh, Casey, you said you have a list. What yeah. is on this list? Top... 
Um, 75 college basketball transfers. That's a big list, what? right? Okay, let's not talk about all of them. We don't. We're not going to talk about all of them. Okay. But uh, right. Kendrick Davis, SMU, went to Memphis. Nigel Pack, uh-huh. remember him? We liked him. Yes. Kansas yes. State went to Miami. Tyrese Hunter. thousand dollars in a Mazda Miata or something like that. No, right? not a Mazda. Honda. Yeah, yeah. Honda, Honda Accord. Honda, Honda Accord. Maybe an Accord. They go. They go top level. Tyrese Hunter, Iowa State. The most recent news, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. We had high hopes for him after we, we had no one else to want. Texas. Yeah. Malachi Beard. Smith. Malachi Smith. Chattanooga guy. Looked pretty good. Gonzaga. All of a sudden, I'm looking at this list, Ledman, and uh, I'm 15 down. I'm 20 down. Um, they all have second schools. Yeah. Um, I'm still down. Uh, we're, we're still scrolling. Oh, there's a there's a forward. Ben Vanderplas. Don't, don't really Virginia. need a forward. Nope. He went to Virginia. They're all gone, Ledman. Yeah. <laughs> the point I'm making is they're all gone. There's a guy... Um, I saw one person down here at the end of this, the bottom of this list. Um, As in all the way, like 74, 75? Uh, oh, it goes even further than that, Lenma. I lied. It's that top oh, 75. Geez. It goes down. Oh. Um, yeah, the the point is um, David Jenkins Jr., 6'2", 195, senior from Utah. 8.5 points a game, 40% three-point shooter. Strong guard who can get to the basket finish, but you have to guard him on the three-point line. Shoots it extremely well from beyond the arc. I'm in. Let's go. David Jenkins Jr., come down. Indiana is pretty much Utah without mountains, baby. Is is this guy actually available, or are you I, about I to like pull school. the rug out from I under me? I see one school. Okay, only one school. So I mean, so before we started recording, we we mentioned, you know, we have a little group chat. We said we were going to talk about this, and it made me think of all the players that have signed um, as grad transfers under Matt Painter. Of course, it's been a, a relatively you know new phenomenon with the transfer portal, but grad transfers are a, a similar kind of uh, player because you know they go at the end of the season and everybody kind of knows they're looking for a new school, so you can kind of compare the two situations. So I went and looked at players who had committed to Painter under that prior system and when they committed. So there's going to be some names here. Hopefully, you'll all recognize. Uh, back in 2013, Sterling Carter committed to Purdue. Um, he came from the University of Seattle. He committed in June. So he committed him. on June 4th. I saw a lot of Purdue games that time. He was pretty good. He was, I think he wrecked yeah. his ACL towards the end of the season on a I, fast break. I can't remember. Uh, that, that does ring a bell, though. Uh, John Octius, the very really next liked year, uh, 2014, he had an odd situation. He actually committed to Purdue in October. Uh, of 2014, so just before the season started, um, I remember it being a very strange situation, and of course, he ended up being a, a really, really good addition for Purdue, um, someone that we really, really uh, got a lot out of and would love to have another player like him on the team. Oh, he would be a perfect addition to this team. Oh, yeah. That would be yeah. the number one archetype of what you could ask for. Oh, yeah. John yeah. And plus, I know some folks in IU who need a new baptism. Ooh. Um, we've given him like five. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Evan Boudreaux. He committed in March of 2018. So, you Still know, a little unsure why that was necessary. Uh, I mean, it, you it, would, you, he you hasn't even he, signed an NIL deal. Like, why is he not? Why is there not a Boudreaux boiler right now? Yeah. Well, his family does have quite a bit of money, but I don't know if maybe he's, uh, he's going to give that to Michigan. Maybe. What? Did he go to Michigan? Or no, sorry. Who am I? Th- I'm thinking of Princeton. The other- no, he yes, he's from the Ivy League. Who who was the guy we got from Michigan? Oh, Spike Albrecht. Spike Albrecht. There we go. Wow, you didn't I, even think about him, did you? N- no, I didn't. When I was looking up my list here, um, mm. 
and I'm just going to Google it as we talk here. Um, but the other one, um, Jihad Proctor, uh, he came and he committed in April. So April 2019. So we are he, I two mean, months past that. Yeah. And Spike Albrecht, he committed as a grad transfer to Purdue in May of 2016. So the latest of these commitments of these five players was John Octius, and that was in October. And that was such a strange situation that I don't think it's something we can hope to replicate. So, I mean, Casey, There's at this no point— no one left! It, well, regardless of, of who is left, I mean, I, I know the, the deadline to withdraw from the NBA draft has come and gone. The deadline to put your name in the transfer portal has come and gone. So— Everybody who is available is known at this point. I mean, no one is going to come in to the transfer portal for next year at this point. Um, there can always be some weird NCAA like grant of a waiver, but that is extremely unlikely, and it's not something you can count on. Um, so given that we are sitting here now recording on June 5th, I mean, has the has the ship sailed for oh, Purdue yeah. adding, a, adding a point guard? Yeah, she's gone. She's gone into the harbor. She's looking pretty real far away. Bye, Eric Hunter. I mean, that was, I guess that, we both talked how complicated that was on and off the court, but I guess mm -hmm. I, that's the misfire, right? Not keeping Hunter, you mean? Yeah, just promise him the keys. I guess, I guess, I, and now, it, he's, now he's down the road in Indy. I, I don't know what, it's weird that, the NIL thing really screwed us. The timing of it was awful. Yeah. Because the lack of the lack of uh, procedures and the lack of rules on how it should be done, I think was the real issue. That combined with Jaden Ivey being a lottery pick year two, because I don't that wasn't a for sure thing when he was coming in. No, absolutely. So not. you have to think initial A plan was this would be Ivy's team his junior year as well. Yeah, it'd be a pretty good team with Jaden Ivey on it. Yeah, yeah. Take him. You know, you figure maybe he'd go the Carson Edwards route. Yeah, you figured uh, this team sets up pretty well for a ball dominant uh, lead guard. Yeah, which he was stepping into with a little bit of freshman help behind and maybe a transfer. Now, I mean, then the pivot obviously became, I don't think it was Eric Hunter, but the pivot was, okay, well, we're doing, I think Nigel Pack was the, was the pivot. Yeah, I mean, he was, without a doubt, he was without a doubt the number one target for Painter and the staff. Um, and you got to I mean, think I, he showed he was, interest in us. Yeah, I mean, he, we, he came to visit Purdue. We were the first place he visited, and everyone thought it was down to us and Miami. And ultimately, that's you know what it came down to. Ohio State came in there um, to try to try to make a case, but everything you read online says it was Purdue and Miami, and maybe even that Purdue was a better fit in who was who they had in mind initially. But when you throw eight hundred thousand dollars at a kid, how are you going to turn that down? And obviously, we're upset he didn't come to Purdue, but he made the right decision. Right, eight hundred thousand dollars. Come on. And I guess. The only thing you can really argue, you can't plan these things out. Like you can't, it's not, you're not making dinner the night of, and you get to just run to Walmart and grab what you're missing. Yeah. There's a reason we're guard heavy next year in recruiting. And it's because Jaden Ivey is supposed to be here. Uh, maybe a transfer, whatever. It, it was supposed to be a Braden Smith transition into two pretty good ball dominant guards next year. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure when Painter was recruiting a guy like Braden Smith, he really likes what he what he saw in him, but not great so backup to he, Ivy. Exactly, not that you would throw him in for twenty five, thirty plus minutes a game his freshman year. You you never never want to be relying on a freshman point guard in the Big Ten unless he's some you know top ten, top fifteen uh, recruit. Yeah, I, I'm sure the plan was Jaden Ivy lead guard, Ethan Morton ball handling, and Braden Smith come in and give us some minutes, and that's 
that's, that's a, a decent good plan. squad. That's a yeah. good plan. And I just don't, there's like, there's foresight, but there's no way you're not going to get a good enough player two years ago that can start, you know, his first season this season when the plan would him be him not starting. And yeah. that's kind of the issue. You yeah. Know? To me, that that's what I think people don't really understand about recruiting at the vast majority of division one basketball schools, you know, Duke, Gonzaga, um, North Carolina, they can pluck whoever they want out of the portal. They can get grad transfers, but they're also getting very, very highly ranked recruits. Purdue gets pretty damn high ranked recruits too, but we're not getting the top 10, top 15. So for Painter and Purdue, it's a lot more of a meticulous process trying to figure out where the pieces are going to be in two years. You know, when you look at a guy like Jaden Ivey, like you said, you think he's going to be here for three years. You maybe say to yourself, I know I'm not going to get him for four. I'm going to have him for three. So therefore, when I start recruiting for the class, you know, the year for his last year, like you said, I need to get a guy like Braden Smith to lead him into the program, allow him to get his feet wet so that when Ivy leaves, Smith can be a guy who's played a bit, who's been put in pressure situations, and now I can trust to be my lead guard uh, his second season. But now all that's out the window. So one one piece leaving early can really change the entire uh, complexion of your recruiting process. So Ledman. Yeah. Did we screw up not offering Rob Finnessy? I, you know, my opinion, I said this, I said, I want him. I said, I said, I wanted him. I think you're right. The moment <laughs> I that think you were right. he put his name in the portal, not because I think he's going to solve all our problems and not because I think he's, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he plays good defense. He hustles. He grew up in Lafayette. And he's a and, big 10 guard. And yeah. And he's a big 10 guard. Didn't have a ton of success in his time at IU. Um, I don't think you can put all that on him. He, he's an incredibly talented guy. Um, you saw what he did when Purdue went into Bloomington this year, had probably uh, the best game of his career. And if we could get even half of that from him uh, in a in a grad transfer year at Purdue, I think it's worth it. The question would be going from playing as an IU player to a Purdue player, I think would be really tough. Um, you may only have to face it, you know, twice a year because that's how often the teams play, but it would just be such a chain. Um, you know, it's a little different than, well, it's a lot different than from when Spike Albrecht went from Michigan to Purdue. So I think that would have been tough, but I think he's a guy that you would have liked to have on your team. He seems like a good teammate and I think he would have added something to Purdue. And because we wanted a more high profile guard, now he's off the table. I don't even know where he ended up. Cincinnati. Oh, so he's not going to do anything then. Yeah, probably. Um, it, I wasn't excited about it. I didn't think he was a high high ceiling transfer. Turns out we might have been, should have been more worried about our floor. Well, and I guess I don't also know I if should... we have enough ball handling just yeah, to get through a game. I don't know if we do. I don't think you can say about anyone on the team that would help. None of their strengths is ball handling. No, no, I can't. I mean, I know you and I are both high on Ethan Morton and Point Morton, mm -hmm. but I mean, he's not like an exquisite ball handler. He's not going to, you know, break any ankles uh, with the ball in his hands. He's just a guy, I think, who is going to be steady and who we can trust to, you know, make the right pass, make the right decision. But he's not going to be like Chris Paul out there. No. And I mean, we don't we don't have a Thompson level PJ yep. and maybe even Isaiah at this point. Um, I, 
we are in a strange place. It is going to be a weird team. And as much as I like Braden Smith as a prospect, never thought 30 minutes a night Braden Smith was going to be. If we're good, it's going to be because he can play 30 minutes a night. Yeah. And I just like really good. As I've said numerous times, I can't imagine a freshman point guard coming in and playing that much. He's coming in with foot problems. Yes. He is currently recovering from a foot surgery. Yeah, but he, I mean, he should be fine by the time the season rolls around. Uh, Ledman, feet are complicated. I I understand that. I, I, I don't, it's, I don't feel good. No, no. I mean, so Braden Smith, for those who who don't know, I mean, we've mentioned him quite a bit on this podcast just because, again, he finds himself in a situation that I I don't think he he believed he was going to be in coming in to Purdue. Uh, Braden Smith out of Westfield uh, listed, according to rivals, at six foot 165, um, a three star recruit, not nationally ranked. uh, What do they have him listed at? Braden Smith. Six foot? Six foot one sixty five. Two four seven is five ten. Well, so five, I would guess five ten, probably closer to the mark. He's um, not tall at all. So, uh, you know, the other schools of interest it shows under this are Appalachian State, Belmont, and IU. Yeah, like I think he'll be a good player in time. Not, not like oh, that's a Big Ten guard right away. Like, just he's one hundred ninety fourth nationally. We've hit on those before. Oh, plenty. Yeah, I mean, I I think you can't sit here and say he's not going to be good because he's not nationally ranked when you look at like, oh, well, if he was only 150th instead of 194, you'd feel better about it. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so many of these rating systems, I think just when you get down below the top 25, a lot of it really is a crapshoot. And when you saw a player, how many times you saw him. And whether you want to admit it or not, a lot of it is influenced by the coaches who actually make offers to these team to these guys. So if somebody gets an offer from Coach K, suddenly they get a second look by these recruiting services and they jump up in the rankings. And then suddenly this guy who was in the 90s is now in the 30s. It, it it's always seemed a bit strange to me. Um, you know, I obviously don't do it for a living, so I'm sure there's a lot more to it. But it's always seemed a bit fishy to me. Yeah, I mean, but, like, physicality and size are physicality and size. Yes. That's just a thing. And if you're 5'10", 165, how many senior? I mean, Isaiah Thompson left because those are his measurables. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I got to say. Maybe even smaller than that, but. As a guy who's who's 5'6", um, and he's listed at 165, that's not much bigger than I am, you know, for – if if he truly is six foot according to rivals, which I don't think you or I believe, nope. That's that's six extra inches and maybe uh, fifteen to twenty more pounds, and uh, that's not a lot, not a lot. So worried, um, yeah, <laughs> worried. I, I worry about him holding up to a Big Ten uh, schedule, especially once it gets a little bit more, um, let's just say, Big Ten style. You know, he's going to get beat up. He's going to get he's going to run into some screens. And I want to make sure this guy can play uh, and stay healthy. So, I mean, do we you mentioned this guy from Utah? <laughs> do we know? <laughs> I mean, I I have to imagine we are calling everyone. If you yeah. have a guard listen next to your name and you're in the portal. Uh, and he's six, two. That's huge. Yeah. That's gigantic. I mean, you, you got to think 
Painter's phone is uh, is getting a lot of use here that, here in these last couple weeks. Designed, we're gonna have the weirdest freaking offense in the world. Yeah, I mean, well, just I, just big. Just let, let's run out Gillis, uh, Gillis, Edie. Let's go ahead and play. Um, why, why am I blanking? First, Newman. first, first. Let's play all three of them together. Um, we'll put Morton and Newman out there. No point guards. Just okay. Just big length everywhere. I agree. Just, um, just crash the glass. Get back. It'll be fine. It's like when you're trying to build, you do your own NBA team. Oh, no, no, team. no. Don't even uh, – Don't Newman needs a break. Uh, we'll bring in Berg. Oh, let's go. Let's go quadruple go. towers. Yeah. Every Just big dude. A 7'1", 270-pound mm-hmm. Swede. Yep, with a 6'6 six, six point guard in Ethan Morton. That'll be great. Yeah, I think I think there should be no problems with that lineup. No notes. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> perfect. Um, but I mean, it's 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 interesting because, as you said, the 2023 class currently two commitments: Miles um, Colvin and Draven Gibbs uh, Lawhorn, who I think are two of the best recruits Painter has ever had. Yeah. So it's just you know, if we could flip when these guys are coming in, that'd be great. But uh, you know, for now, um, I think. Yeah. I. So I think we have to say it. Fletcher Lawyer might be the answer. Okay. Not a natural point guard. He's definitely more of a scoring guard, but he has been in every big AAU circuit. He has yes, gone up true. against the best recruits in the country. He is a legitimate four star. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, his brother uh, played at Michigan State previously before transferring elsewhere. And um, Fletcher Lawyer is much better than much him. better than his brother yeah, from everything we've we've seen. So. Um, so if you're telling me that's the backup plan, it probably probably honestly is. So could you tell me Lawyer and Morton? together make a point guard i would buy that okay well you know i mean I, I think really really good yeah and he's and he's much bigger i mean he's listed at six five but still listed at 165 according to rivals um so we, we gotta hope there's i got six three here two four seven so may you know they've been <laughs> uh two inches off each time so maybe it's just literally add an inch on two four seven and take one off on rivals so but, maybe he's six four yeah but he's he's a legitimate dude yeah. And I, he's got really good footwork, pretty decent handle. And like I said, he's gone shot to shot with some of the best recruits in the country. So if you're just talking about playing two guys that can handle the ball, he's probably going to be in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think Painter's going to have to do some different things at the point guard uh, position than what he intended as he, you know, built this team in his head a couple years ago as he's recruiting these guys. Um, everybody except Berg, who of course was recruited more recently, but you know he's a seven foot one Swede anyway, so he wasn't playing uh, a part in the point guard discussion. But you know Purdue is going to have an interesting squad next year. They're going to roll out probably some combinations we didn't think we'd see, but I, I do think there's going to be a lot of talent. The forward position I think is going to be really good. Uh, the center position is obviously locked down with Zach Eady. and uh, I'll be interested to see what Berg does. Um, obviously we've not seen him play very much, but I think again, if this team could could find a serviceable point guard, they could be pretty good next year. Um, and we've still got you know hail marys in the transfer portal. As I said earlier, you know John no Oct- hail marys. It's it's hooking hey, ladders at this point. Well, what, hey, John Octius committed in October. Uh, you know, just before the season started. So maybe this guy from Utah is gonna um, you know taste caffeine for the first time. 
and and come out and play for Purdue. So stranger things have happened, but uh, at this point, we're pretty pessimistic about anybody joining uh, the men's basketball team for next season. So, uh, Casey, do you have any other uh, names you want to throw out? Anybody on your list of 75-plus no. players? Burn the list. No? All right, burn the list. Call that guy from Utah. If we got any listeners in Utah, maybe go knock on some doors, <laughs> find out where this guy lives, throw him some Purdue merch or something. So hopefully we can maybe pick up this guy. But other than that, I think we're we're kind of going to run with the team we've got. So that's it for uh, for us this week. We'll uh, record again in the middle of the week, and we're going to get back to our series uh, looking at the roster uh, from this previous season and do a recap and look ahead. So thanks for listening. Where I'm are out. your jerseys? Where's your jerseys? Where are your jerseys, but not with a loose t-shirt underneath. Exactly, because no one will respect your game. Boiler.